as we break the bread of life this morning, this word of God that we just sang about, uh, we're turning to uh, the Gospel of Matthew again this week. And uh, one of Jesus' parables, uh, frequently mentioned parable, I think, uh, with some fairly familiar words along the way. Uh, I invite you to hear it with uh, fresh ears this morning, the parable of the talents. Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. For it is as if a man, going on a journey, summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave. You knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with ten talents. But to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. And as for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. May God add God's blessing to the reading and the hearing and our understanding of this holy word. So we're in week three of a series called The Kingdom of God is Like dot, dot, dot. Uh, Studying this alternative way of life, this alternative way of living that Jesus talked of as the kingdom of God or in Matthew, the kingdom of heaven. Uh, A kingdom that he lifted up in the prayer that he taught to his disciples. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. This kingdom of God. And uh, we talked about how Childlikeness is part of the kingdom. How Jesus said, let the children come because one who is humble like this child is fit to be part of the kingdom of God. One who is still learning, is still teachable, is still full of joy of a child. And then last week we talked about forgiveness and 
this uh, wonderful, rich parable about the slave who gets forgiven a huge debt by the king and then goes out and refuses to forgive a fellow slave for a little bitty debt and how the king's unhappy with that. And we just made that message that we are to forgive because we have been forgiven. This week we come to another one of those rich parables. And for me, this series has started to become about um, not only the kingdom of God is like, but how can we keep that simple? Because all of these parables, especially the one last week and this week, are really, really rich and potentially complex. Uh, they can be looked at from lots of angles and lots of depths. Um, and yet I'm finding it for me as I'm working through them a, a nice time to just say, let's keep this fairly simple, this parable. What's the, what's the bottom line of this parable? And I think this week to do that, we need to focus our attention on the character who I believe the writer of the Gospel of Matthew meant for us to focus on to learn the most that we're to learn from this, and that's the one-talent guy. The one-talent servant is the one I believe we're supposed to learn from. Now, we say, oh, but we sort of want to stick with the other two guys because, let's face it, who of us wouldn't want to have God say to us at that final moment, well done, well done, good and trustworthy servant. Enter into the joy of your master. We all want that. And there's a lot to learn from those two characters. Um, one thing to learn from them is that as we do well, God gives us more, not less to do. God, God increases. But uh, I want to focus on that other character, on the uh, one-talent guy, um, because I think that's the one we're supposed to focus on. I, I want to compare briefly this parable to another pretty familiar parable that Jesus told, uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan. Exact same structure in these two parables. If you remember, in that parable, uh, if you know it, they, a fellow is beat up on the side of the road and three people walk by. Get the parallel between these two? Three people walk by. There's a priest and a Levite, another church guy, and they both do the exact same thing. They see the body and they walk by on the other side. But then a Samaritan comes along and the Samaritan stops and the Samaritan cares and we learn something about the kingdom of God. It's the same thing here. The first two guys do the exact same thing. See the setup? They're the setup guys. They're to get us ready for the one who's not going to do the same thing. The first one says, I had five, I made five. Second one says, I had two, I made two. Okay, Jesus, we're with you. We got the setup. And in comes the third servant. And he says, I was scared. I was just, um, I was just too scared. Uh, to do anything with this money. So I just went and um, dug a hole in the ground and um, buried it, hid it away, waited for that day that the master's return. Uh, kept a good eye on it, probably. He probably hid it in a good place. So he's pretty much in his comfort zone all that time. Master's going to come back. I know right where it is. Uh, very, very comfortable uh, the way that slave was. And the master returns, and the master's not happy, to say the least with the one-talent guy. Um, so what's the point? If that's the guy we're supposed to be focusing on, what's the point for us? What's the so what? Okay, Tom, so what? We're supposed to look at this one-talent guy. I think simply stated, life in the kingdom is not about playing it safe. Life in the kingdom is risky business. You know, we like our comfort zone. And a lot of our life doesn't have a lot of comfort zones, right? We're just not comfortable financially a lot of times. We're worried about the next thing, or we're not comfortable with where our health is 
sometimes in life, or our jobs are a hassle, or things are not going as well as we'd like in the family, and you know, sometimes we just would like that faith there, just to be our comfort zone. We, just, we know it's there, it's all easy, it's safe, we understand. But we're called by God to do things in, as God's representatives in the world that maybe get us out of that comfort zone a little. Sort of what I talked to the children about is that double dog dare from God. Uh, I love the way that this parable is retold in um, Eugene Peterson's The Message, which is a paraphrase of the Bible that Peterson told to put the Bible in really everyday language for us. And this portion where the one talent guy steps forward is, I think, really revealing in that. Let's look at these verses. The servant given 1000 by the way, Peterson does it as $5,000, $2,000, and 1000 bucks. Uh, again, to get away from the word talents, he sort of just hits it. So the one given 1000 said... Master, I know you have high standards and hate careless ways, that you demand the best and make no allowance for error. I was afraid I might disappoint you, so I found a good hiding place and secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound, down to the last cent. The master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, why did you do less than the least. The least you could have done would have been to invest a sum with the bankers where at least I would have gotten a little interest. Take the thousand and give it to the one who risked the most and get rid of this play it safe who won't go out on a limb. Isn't that great uh, description? Does that not bring the point of this parable right to the forefront? Uh, that's no way to live. Cautiously. Hoarding. In the world of the kingdom of God, it's not praiseworthy to play it safe. Uh, not worthy to be the person who never goes out on a limb, who does less than the least for God. Now, of course, this isn't about money, really, this parable. It's told about money. I was at breakfast with the church member this week, and he said, this really isn't about money, is it, Pastor Tom? I said, that's a very wise understanding you have. Money is the symbol of something else that God gives. If you make this literally about money, it's a weird little parable. It, it just really is a weird, it'll, it'll mess your mind up uh, if you just make it about money. It's about those things God gifts us with. That's, it's sort of cool that the English translation of that type of money comes out as the word talents. Um, what the man gives before he goes away in God's kingdom, uh, it's God's word. We sung about it today. Break the word of life to me. God's word, God's love, God's compassion, God's justice. These are the things that we are given as we become believers in God, as we acknowledge the fact that we want to be people who believe in God. God gifts us with these things and says, go out and use them. Go out and do something with those. Don't hide them under the mattress. Don't bury them somewhere because it's uncomfortable for you to share them with your neighbor because you're too busy to engage with them in some other way, because you're afraid you'll mess up. Take the risk, God says. Um, I want to share with you my favorite story that illustrates this. Some of you have heard me tell this story before. It, uh, it's one of those pastor stories that I come back to. It's not new, but uh, I just think it's the best illustration of this. When we, uh, golly, 14 years ago now, started doing Easter in the Park. That seems amazing. 2003, we had our first big Easter in the Park outdoors in the amphitheater. 
And that first year, we shut the doors of First United Methodist Church on the east, uh, our campus over there. There was no, we had a brunch on the campus after the service, but there was no worship service on Easter Sunday in a large downtown Boca Raton church. We were right across the street. But there were people in the church who were horrified by that decision, horrified that we would close the doors of the church on Easter Sunday. And one of those was a lady who was in her probably early 90s at that point, dear, dear saint of the church, uh, who's long since passed away now. But I went by her house for just a, one of my regular pastoral visits about a month before that Easter service was going to happen, and it, I came out of there feeling like I'd been hit by a rubber hose about 500 times. <laughs> she beat me up and down 10 ways to Saturday. I tell you what, it was, a, it was not the most pleasant visit I had ever had. She just could not believe what we were doing. And... Um, she had a habit when I would visit with her, right as I was leaving, to hand me little clippings from like Reader's Digest. She'd cut out little jokes from Reader's Digest and, and things like that. And um, as I was leaving, she handed me these clippings. And God's honest truth, I love the way God works sometimes. The very first clipping had these words on it, maybe words sort of like this. This wasn't the image it had. It said, don't be afraid to go out on a limb. That's where the fruit is. And I looked at that, and I sat back down, and I said... Madge, I think this is why we're doing Easter in the park. We don't know if 10 people are going to come or 3,000 people are going to come. 3,000 people came. But I think this is why we're doing it. Because God says, get out of your comfort zone. God says, there's a whole world of people out there that need to hear the word of God. Uh, and I'm going to give you opportunities to share that word. We're in this process right now of revisioning our church. We've had this new vision team. You keep hearing about it. Uh, and I hope you don't feel like it. We, we tried to keep you posted on that. We're going to have a town hall meeting in September about it. But we're looking for a bold vision. We're looking for something that says, whoa, we can do that? God's calling our church there? Uh, yes, God is. And and it's not just what we do as a church as a whole with Easter in the Park and this. I believe God calls each of us as individuals every day. I had this image in my mind. I wasn't going to go, I think I will. I, I guess it's, I, I, I sometimes think we do too many sports analogies, but I, I guess NFL starting. And you think of the NFL, they do these games, and then they spend the next week looking at the film from that game and saying, you know, look, you missed this block right here. You really had an opportunity there if you'd cut this way. So think about that. Would it be cool if God could sort of sit us down in the, in the video room at the end of every week and say, you know, you stood in line by that person in the motor vehicles line or the long line somewhere, and you never even said hi to them. How's it going? How can I get to know you better? You had a neighbor in the hospital all week long. Couldn't find the, you know what I'm saying? If God could just sort of sit us down and say, oh, that was a great opportunity to not hide it in the, under the bed, to not hide my presence uh, in a hole in the ground, to have made something of that. That's what I think this parable is about. And so I hope we'll pray today for God to give us that courage to be out of our comfort zone. We're not all of us going to be five-talent folks he says it's according to our abilities. You know, there are 50 talent folks, John Wesley's of the world and the Mother Teresa's of the world. Or, you know, 
given remarkable talents. Then, then maybe most of us in this room are good old one-talent folks. And God says, good, use it. Take that talent. Make something of it. Don't bury it in a hole in the ground. And then here's the great irony, I think, of this whole story. It's about risk-taking, but it's not really. God knew Easter in the Park was going to be successful. If we were just faithful with it, it felt like a huge risk to us. But not to God. The master in this story goes away and leaves these people alone. I bet before the master knew that he knew the left, he knew the five talent guy was going to do well. And the, but our master went away, Jesus, and said, I will be with you. I'm not really going away. The spirit is going to be there. You don't have to be afraid. Even those things that feel scary aren't big risks because I'm with you. May we know this week that God is with us and for us and take risk with every talent we've been given. Let's pray about that. God, give us your eyes so that we don't need the video film room to see the opportunities that you place in our path day in and day out. Help us recognize every possible time we can share your word or your love, be your hands and feet, share your compassion. Give us a sense of the joy that comes with that, with the joy that we can enter into the joy of our master, right now, here in your kingdom on this earth. We pray that that kingdom that values humility and forgiveness and risk-taking might come on this earth by your grace and the efforts of your humble servants as it is in heaven. Thank you for this day, for the beauty of it, for the privilege of living lives in your kingdom. Be with us today, tomorrow, and forever. In Jesus' name, amen.